David Stockdale here, 1-3, from Wickham Wanderers, and you're listening to The Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome to this week's edition of The Wickham Wanderers Show. It's a, a fine day because we can say uh, that Wickham Wanderers are top of the league. They are top of the league. We are top of the league. It's quite amazing, really, isn't it? Because there was a period, wasn't there, around sort of Saturday where we thought, by this time, with the midweek games, that might not be the case. Yeah, that's, uh, that's very true. Um, and Wigan, with their 100 games in hand, slightly annoyingly. Uh, and Rotherham, they're not playing either on Tuesday because their game was postponed uh, for a frozen pitch, I think. There's a slightly novel reason to postpone games, you know, in this COVID times where then actually it's the weather. Uh, but but yes, we are still top of the league, which is very exciting. I know. I just you know can't can't quite get over it. When you when you look at the quality that's in League One, and that we're the, we're the top team. It's very exciting. Absolutely. Uh, brilliant win against Oxford to take us top of the table. Uh, still unbeaten in 2022. Uh, we'll be hearing from manager Gareth Ainsworth uh, a little later on in the programme. Uh, we'll catch up with former boss Alan Gain as well. And we'll speak to the club's uh, new head of audio and broadcast. Somebody who you might have heard of. Mr Phil Catchpole. So uh, all that's to come uh, and more. If you were listening uh, last week on the show as well, <laughs> you'll have heard uh, that we were due to be speaking to uh, Jack Grimmer. Yes. Well, this week we're not going to. No, no, we are. Uh, Jack- <laughs> we really are. Uh, he joins us uh, now. Hello, sir. Hello, guys. You okay? Really good. Thank Hooray! you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for hey. speaking to us. Fantastic to have you on. Uh, sorry that, that you couldn't be with us uh, last week, but understand that was for educational purposes. It was, it was. A, a, a few of us at the club have um, started a leadership course, um, which is, you know, it's nice to do something different other than football and take your mind off it. So we started that a few weeks ago and it's, um, yeah, it's something to concentrate on outside of the game, I think. Is it done by Gareth Ainsworth? Because he comes across as being a very good leader. It's not, <laughs> but I think he, if he did a leadership course, I think there'd be a lot of people that would come in, you know, I'm... And then join on, so I think he could teach everyone a thing or two about leadership, that's for sure. Yeah, and I've, I've said that to him before, actually, that, you know, that, 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 quite seriously, that actually, you know, he should write a manual or something, because clearly whatever whatever he does, you know, he, he definitely, he, he's got some secret, um, because as Colin and I were just saying, you know, the, the fact Wickham Wanderers, we're, we're top of League One, just, you know, fantastic, just, just you know, we, we can't quite believe where we are, given the calibre of some of the other teams um, who are below us yeah absolutely i'm uh, i would like to think that you know he might um at some stage write a book when his career's over or something like that and i think it would be a very very interesting read because he is uh, a very different manager to the other kinds that i've um had throughout my career uh and i've been very fortunate to have a lot of success with them and like you said there we're top of league one above some really really big clubs in this league and um you know he just keeps overachieving if you can call it that and uh, long may it continue um, the one thing that I always find amazing actually about him is and I'm someone who's lucky enough to have actually gone up to the, the training ground to, to interview him um, and some of the players um, is that actually if you go up there after a loss it, it's just as buzzing and just as upbeat as it is if, if you guys have won yeah I think that was the um that's the thing it's 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 always it seems to be a very good vibe <clears throat> um you know last season i think it's no secret we lost you know far too many games and that's essentially when we got why we got relegated but we always tried our best to keep the the vibe and um 
you know, in a good place and positive attitudes. And I think that, you know, showed when we finished the season so strongly and then we managed to start this season so well. I think that really showed, you know, the the strength in that, the value in keeping a positive attitude all the time. And I mean, times last season, as you can imagine, you know, me and the other players were coming in and, you know, it's you feel so deflated. You put so much into the games and you get nothing in return. And the gaffer every single mo- Monday morning or or whenever it was, would walk in in his usual upbeat self. And he always says it'll be a cold day in hell when he's negative. And I think that just sums him up as a person, to be honest. And when you then look at actually what happened last season and the fact that, as you say, you know, we we were so, so unlucky and I'm not going to get you dragged into all of the, the Derby stuff, but, you know, the fact that we o- only just went down and that we ended up actually f- finishing, you know, the, the, sort of like topping the relegation places, that, that says it all, really. It is, yeah. I think, um, you know, it was it was a long old season. Um, you know, the start definitely didn't help us. You know, we all, I think we all rude that start because... It, it went down to the last day um, and like you said there we finished top of the relegation places and you know had it not been like for you know maybe one club not getting punished when they maybe should have then we would have stayed up but you know you don't like to ever rely on that sort of stuff anyway you'd like to do the talking on the pitch and you know we just fell that little bit short last season and I think that's what makes it that was that I think that's what makes everyone so hungry to get back there is because we know we we know we should have stayed up. I think we all felt that we were good enough to stay in that league. Um, even if you you look at the league this season, I think we'd have you know stayed up again this season if we'd have been in it. And um, I think it just adds that extra sort of level of hunger uh, to, for us all to get back there. So just give us an insight as to what it's like in the dressing room because you hear people say, oh, you know, they, they, oh, you're all so close and you'll get on so well and and a great sort of team spirit amongst you all as well. Yeah, I think it's it's just that sort of um, you know it's a it's a good place to go into every single morning, every day. Um, you know, I've, I feel very fortunate at times, you know, to play, to even to play football, but to go into that environment, um, you know, every single day for work is is some, something I definitely do feel very fortunate for. It's they. I think the biggest factor for me is is that they always sort of look for characters ahead of footballing ability first, and I think that shows because everyone that walks through the door um, has the right attitude, has the right work ethic. Um, is a, first and foremost is a nice person, um, you know. And I think football is a place that there's more than a few not very nice people knocking about. So I think they sort of sieve through I think a lot of personalities um, and I think it's that focus on the character first that helps build the um, the culture that the club have you, you almost make it sound like a reality show that actually they're going through and they're doing all of this research on you before we actually they, they presumably approach you to, to start signing you yeah, I, well, I think, you know, they're always asking, um, you know, football's a very small world, so they're always asking us about players that we've played with or um, that we've played against or that we know of. And I think, it, like I said, it's a very small world, so, you know, word travels fast. And I think it's, you know, they really value players' opinions on other players, whether it be, you know, um, sign-ins or loans or whatever. And, um I think that sort of homework and that due diligence, I think, is is definitely what helps create the culture. And, you know, I think with any, the gaffer's been very lucky. He's been here such a long time. He's really, 
you know, had such a turnover of players. He he knows what works for him. He knows what doesn't. And I think he's been he's been allowed to build um, basically from the ground up. And I think you're really seeing the sort of fruits of that success now. And what about yourself? With it must be so rewarding to see you know established players um, intermix so well with with some of the young stars coming through and them doing so well too. Yeah, absolutely. I think since I've I've been on quite a journey since I first joined Wickham, I was only um, sort of twenty five years old at the time, and I think I've came a long way in the the two and a bit seasons. I'll be I'll be twenty eight um, next week, and I think it's. I'm now seeing the transition between, you know, being maybe viewed as one of the younger players to one of the more experienced players in the squad. Um, I mean, Bale, I confirm I still has 10 years on me, but I like to think of him as one of the more experienced ones. <laughs> um, and it is, it's, it's been a learning curve for me to help the younger players develop. And because there, I mean, there wasn't any younger players when I first joined the club. I think that shows how far the clubs came is that it's managed to get the B team in place and get that future, um, you know, players for the future in place. And it's, like I said, it's been a learning curve for me, um, helping develop them as best I can. And you're, you know, I'm sure Anis Mameti breaking through last season isn't going to be the last one. And you've got a goal to show for it on, on your 82nd appearance as well. I do, yeah. <laughs> it was, um, it's, yeah, long, so long overdue. It's incredible. I think, um, I'd, I'd love to have scored it a lot earlier than my 82nd appearance, but I, I, yeah, I'll, anything that adds to the win, I think, is is massive. And um, I think it is a bit of a monkey off my back, if I'm honest. That you know, a lot of the boys and um, and rightly so, uh, you know, were handing me a, a fair bit of stick because I hadn't managed to score yet. And um, thankfully, that's that's that one put to bed. And you know, hopefully, um, before the season's up, I can add some more. And it, it was a fantastic goal as well. I mean, you, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't score bad goals. Not that there really are bad goals, but you know what I mean. Every goal that Jack Grimmer scores, thinking as well of the the Coventry playoff game, it is, it, you know, it is one to 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 really, um, you know, just enjoy. Yeah, I think so. I, I that was my sort of line back to everyone is that I score quality over quantity. <laughs> so, um, and I'm sure a lot of them would have, you know, taken scored at Wembley, but. Uh, yeah, I seem to save few. There are few, maybe few and far between. But I, I, when I do score, it seems to be you know one for um, that gets a few retweets on Twitter or whatever. Because I'm lucky, it it, it was quite a good goal from a first one. And um, but I mean, if I take a, I'll take a five yard tapping <laughs> on Saturday as long as uh, you know if I can score and we win, then I'll, I'll take anything. One of the things that Joe Jacobson said um, after he, he did that incredible overhead um, kick sort of goal line um, clearance uh, was that actually for, for you defenders, that, that's almost as good as scoring a goal. Would, would you agree with that? That actually if you've done something that, say, prevents the opposition scoring a goal, that, that actually it makes you feel as good as actually scoring? Yeah, I would definitely back that up. Um, I think since, we, since I joined Wickham, we did very well in our first season obviously getting the promotion um up from league 1 and we were we were a team built on a solid base um we had Darius Charles and Anthony Stewart in the center of defense we mean um, Joe Jacobson at fullback and i just think that i loved defending i loved keeping clean sheets you know we had a very good defensive record that year and for me the modern game is definitely about you know everyone wants goals and assists but I don't like to, you know, sort of get away too much from the 
a clean sheet is still very important. That's what wins you matches. That's what you know gets you promoted. And it is, I think, um, definitely that goal line sort of saving tackle and, and that one, especially from JJ on against Sunderland, was was a belter and. Um, and it, it does, it gives us all a lift when, when the defenders pull out moves like that. Yeah, and Anthony Stewart again on Saturday, you know, it looked like Oxford were, were definitely going to score and, and then Anthony Stewart was there saving the day. Yeah, absolutely. And you need that. I mean, on another day that maybe goes in and the game goes in a different direction. Um, I think during a promotion season, you definitely need those key moments to go for you. And even when we conceded late on against Sunderland... Um, you know, every everyone was gutted, and I think most teams that would have been it um, to concede that late on. But I just think it's typical of of Wickham. It's it's a very Wickham thing to do to then concede in the ninety third, but go on to equalise in the ninety fifth or sixth or whatever it was. And um, I mean, Anthony's been a rock for us since my whole time here. You know, so that didn't really surprise me what he did on Saturday. And as a backline, you must be so proud with uh, the, the, your defensive record, even just so far this this year. Only only one game where, where you've not kept a clean sheet so far. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been a good start to the year. Um, it's always a tricky period, I think, Christmas, and you know it wasn't as busy this year because a lot of games started to get postponed due to COVID. But going into January and February, you know, those those cold winter months that, you know, some teams, I think, start to slip up and, and go through bad runs of form. Um, you know, I think dropping points here and there isn't isn't always a bad thing, but it's it's how quickly you turn that back around. And I think we've managed to start the year well, which is, you know, given us that base that we find ourselves top, um, you know, coming mid, midway in January. So, We've we've done well so far, but it is the the most cliches of sayings that you you have to win on Saturday. I mean, the Oxford game was a brilliant game to beat our local rivals, but if you then drop points against Morecambe, uh, you know no one really remembers the Oxford game. So it is one game at a time, and um, we're doing we're doing good, and we're on a on a bit of a good flow at the minute. You mentioned about COVID. How was it last season playing actually in, in, in front of, of empty stands? What was that like as a player? Yeah, it was it was literally the, one of the worst things ever, uh, if I'm being honest. I think the, the playoff games were an anomaly in the sense that we had never played in front of empty stands before. There was so much at stake and, you know, that we, we just needed to win the games and to be honest, I just was caring about winning the football matches. It, it wasn't any real thought about um, the fans not being there because it was such a big moment in Wickham's history. And then, obviously, you realise when you beat Oxford in the final that it's just sad. It was just really, really sad that there was no fans there. Like, no, you know, I've played for Wickham. I'd played for Wickham for one season but fans had supported that club their whole life and to not get to share that moment with them was was a real um, a sad moment. And then, like you said, last season, the first season the club's ever in the championship and they don't get to share that moment with us either. Um, we had a few fans against, I think it was Stoke and Coventry. And even though there was only 2,000 fans, me and the boys, I remember running out um, the pit, on the pitch to warm up and we got a standing ovation and it was the first time the fans had seen us and we'd seen them since the promotion and it sent you know, tingles down all of our spines and we all spoke about it after the game because it had been sorely, sorely missed. Um, and I think with the atmospheres in the last two home games, I think it just shows you how much it's been missed. 
And how disruptive has it been this season? Because obviously the, you, you're not knowing whether any more players or any of the coaching staff will be testing positive. And obviously, you know, as well as players, you're obviously people as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, some people overlook that fact. You know, you've, you're people with families to, to think about and care for. And um, I, I think we've been very fortunate. Um, I would want to call us lucky, but I know our medical team, uh, you know, a lot of work goes in behind the scenes that nobody notices and to, to try and make sure that we're all safe, to try and make sure that it doesn't spread. And although we've had a few positives, it's it's only ever seemed to be one or two. Um, you know, you see some teams get knocked out with it. Um, and, and I guess the EFL are a lot easier nowadays with cancelling games. But if they weren't, you know, teams could find themselves in a really tough spot. So I think we've been very fortunate so far that when we've had one positive, it hasn't spread through the, the club um, you know, because it just seems like it's everywhere at the minute. You know, games getting cancelled left, right, and centre. Um, you know, I know a lot of like my friends and family have uh, have had it recently, and um, thankfully, I've I've never had it, which is an, a big anomaly at the club. Um, but in, in long may that continue. We've got MK Dons, obviously, after Morecambe. Uh, another one that uh, you could probably label as being feisty and, and a derby, even though the MK Dons fans, like the Oxford fans, will probably say, no, it's not a derby. Um, is that as big a thing for the players as it is for the fans? Do you look at the fixture list and think, right, OK, we've got Oxford, we want to prove a point, or we've got MK Dons coming, we really want to want to uh, beat them? I think, for me, the getting to Wembley and... The- beating Oxford in the final made it um, for me personally one to look out for I know know that the way that game was when we were on the pitch with the players the games that we'd had previously against them um, they they always tended to be quite feisty affairs and that's obviously backed up by the way that the fans react in the stands and um, MK Dons you know they are one of the teams that have been up there It's, it's a very competitive league so Probably anyone from ninth or tenth thinks that they can get in the playoffs, but um, they ha- they are one of the teams that have been up there. So I think you look towards those fixtures more anyway, just because they've been up there challenging. And for me, it's always how the game before went. Um, Anthony got sent off, which was a horrendous decision by the referee at the time, and they went on to win one nil. And I just think that we're due one, we're due them one. Um, like sort of when Sunderland came to town, I thought we felt hard done by by the first game, um, and I just think it's it's now to look to the return fixture, um, which will, it'll be nice to sort of get one back at them for sure. And obviously, Morecambe often, often cause cause Wickham problems, and, and obviously they're, they're quite low down on the table currently. But uh, you know, especially going away uh, to a team who, you know, as you say, if people uh, if you if you don't do so well. Um, Against them, then people soon forget how you know how, how well that, that we're doing at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of those that um, we tended to really get good performances against the top sides in the league, and by no means should you take Morecambe lightly. We watched their game that they played midweek against Wigan, and Wigan were Wigan probably were fortunate to come away with the win. Um, you know, Morecambe missed some good chances because. They're a good side that work really hard. Um, I wouldn't say their league position's false because at this stage of the season, I do feel that you deserve to be where you are having played so many games. But I just feel that they are you know, a, a team not to be taken lightly. And I think, like you said there, going up uh, away from home is always a tough, uh, is always a tough fixture. 
Uh, we've been good this season away from home. I think our form's second in the league, which you know you definitely need if you're to, you know, try win the league or get promoted. And you know, Saturday definitely will be another tough game. One thing that's uh, happened today is that David Stockdale's website has got quite a lot of mentions um, on social media. I don't know if you're aware of this, Jack. Ha- have you seen David Stockdale's website? So this is, yeah, it's hilarious you mention it because I had seen it. Because it's not a new thing, I don't think. I'm sure I've seen it uh, last season at some point. And oh, I had a couple of friends message me about it because the Daily Mail had written an article about it. Um so I had then sent that article into the group chat and all of us were discussing it with the, the Wickham boys uh, literally just before I came on this. So it's <laughs> quite funny. It, for, I'm not sure for whatever reason it seems to have uh, literally gone viral and a lot of people are discussing it. But um, but yeah, he's uh, a character, that's for sure. And he's by, massively played his part this season. And uh, like they say, all... All good. All press is good press, I think. So it's it's good for him. Yeah, we we particularly like the fact that he says uh, in the, in the bit where it says the pundit, um, uh, he is keen to explore TV and radio punditry opportunities. Um, if you do see him tomorrow, let him know that actually, you know, if he wants to come on the show, we're quite happy to have him as the Wicked Wanderer show pundit anytime. Yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll uh, I'll let him know for sure. It, it, there was a line on it um, talking about being a, a philanthropist yeah. that I just. That, that all of us find very funny, and I think the article itself is is quite a good read um, if you've got the time. But it's uh, yeah, he's he's putting himself out there, which you know, not many. I personally wouldn't be on that length, but um, but yeah, that's Stalko for a year. I think he's one of those that's just larger than life. Yeah, yeah, he's a fantastic character, and we are very lucky to have him. And is there a feeling yeah, amongst absolutely. the team, sorry, moving away from um, IT for a moment, is there, <laughs> although it's important to get your, get your thoughts on this issue, is, is there a feeling among the team that, that something special could be happening uh, around now? Because you wonder, especially with the promotion winning side, at what point, you know, you as, as players thought, oh, this, this, is, this could be something quite good? Yeah, I think so. I think um, you, uh, what helped was we finished last season very well. Um, we had great results and we're so close to staying up by the end of it that I think the, the feel-good factor sort of flowed quite well into this season. Uh, and when we signed the players that we did in the summer, um, you know, the players like Sam Vokes or the players of that calibre, when when he walked through the door, I think it gave everyone a lift. Um, not that we really needed a lift, but I just think, you know, when players of that calibre walk through the door, everyone wants to raise their level and... I think it is such a feel-good factor normally at the club when you're winning. It's it's just accelerated, and the season has gone well for us so far. I think um, looking at our our form, we're, we're very consistent. Um, you know, we've not went through touch wood any any sort of major slumps, and I just think it's it's such a competitive league. I mean, you look at all the, the clubs; it's just ridiculous. It is a, a mini championship nowadays. You know, it's it's the level. The difference in level is, is not that big. And I think for sure that we don't need any encouragement that we think something special is going to happen. And we, we really want to get back there so that the fans can actually witness championship football at Adams Park. We wish you all the best for, for Saturday. Really appreciate your time. It's been fantastic speaking to you. Uh, thank you so much for, for chatting to us. Yes, thank you so much, Jack. No, thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll have to have you on again as well to, to, to discuss some of the more, more pressing issues like what your favourite colour is and things like that. And do mention to, to <laughs> Stocko that we mentioned his website as well. 
I will do. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll let them know that we 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 did a bit of a plug about that, and uh, hopefully, yeah, I can come back on once we seal promotion and we can come on for a celebration. No, that'd be excellent. Really appreciate your time and all the best for Saturday. Nice one. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Uh, Jack Grimmer speaking to us here at Wickham Sound. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Really enjoyed speaking to uh, Jack Grimmer. As I say, we could literally have spoken to him about all sorts of things, really, couldn't we? We could indeed, yes. Uh, and if you are interested, uh, the David Stockdale <laughs> website is davidstockdale13.co.uk. Unfortunately, there is no Jack Grimmer website yet, but you, you never know. We might have planted the seed. I was going to say, you never yeah. know, do you? Jack, we, c- we, need, we need your website <laughs> saying the... The man, the athlete, the business, the philanthropist. Oh, that's hard to say. Yeah, it is, rather. Still to come was, on this week. I was quite impressed when Jack managed to say due diligence as yeah, well. Yeah, that was That's good. quite hard as well. Yeah, we, we should use yeah. that more yeah. uh, on previous on uh, future shows as well. Yes, we do. We, should. we can't use it on previous shows. <laughs> literally not. We're not Doctor Who. <laughs> we could try and put them into previous shows, maybe somehow. Just cut and paste. Uh, <laughs> if you listen back to previous shows and that suddenly appears, you'll know what we've done. Uh, still to come, we'll hear from Phil Catchpole and manager Gareth Ainsworth. But first, uh, in our uh, ex-player uh, slot, uh, which we're very fortunate to uh, bring you uh, chats with not only ex-players, but former managers as well alan gain took charge of the team in the 80s and also played for the side in the early 70s we were saying earlier uh, today that there aren't too many we, people we, yeah, we, we think there's possibly only two people that both. have done that certainly the current manager has yes <laughs> uh, but uh, alan uh, is uh, as i say uh, took charge of the team but also uh, played in the early 70s as well i was there for i was only there for a year um when i left college and um i went to teacher training college to be a PE teacher and wickham i think it was mainly down to Brian and Lee, um, used to get quite a few school teachers who were footballers as well, joined them uh, when they when they sort of finished their training and started teaching. That's exactly what I did. And I started playing there in 72, 73. Um, and I knew Larry Pritchard then, because Larry was at the club. And I knew Larry from when I was at Sutton a few years before that. Um, so he used to, I used to travel with Larry all the time. Oh, you're fantastic. Yeah, we spoke to Larry a couple of weeks ago. Oh, did you? Yeah, good lad, Larry. Yeah. Very, very, very good footballer. Very good footballer. He should have been a pro, actually. No, fantastic. And, and you must be quite, I guess, pleasantly surprised to be returning in a managerial capacity as, initially as an assistant. Well, yeah, I mean, I was, I obviously had my career and we're talking probably 12 years later-ish. Um, and I got a phone call from Paul Bentz, who had just got the job, and I was not on the verge of retiring, but I was getting to that age where I, I probably was thinking about retiring, had a niggly injury, and I got a phone call one day from Paul Bentz, and said, uh, who said, um, I've just got the job as Wickham manager, would you like to be my assistant? And I was absolutely shocked, to be honest with you, because I hadn't actually considered being a manager before, um, but that was, it almost fell into it. And, um, so I jumped at the chance and, um, joined as, as Paul Benson's assistant, which was, which was great because, um, I don't think had that opportunity not have arisen. I'm not sure whether I'd have gone into management or not. I mean, I absolutely loved it. Cause I suppose it's, it's opportunities, isn't it? And was there something quite special about returning to a club, that, one of the clubs that you played for? Paul described it as a, as a sleeping giant, and I always regarded Wickham as a probably the, the biggest non-league club in the country. You know, they, they were like the Manchester United non-league football. Um, you know, it doesn't matter where they were in the league; they were they were a big club. And it's a great gates, um, 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it's an opportunity which I think I just I just couldn't turn it down to be honest. We had not a great budget, I would say. Wickham were punching above their weight regarding finances, and um, we, we managed to. We, I think we came second actually to Worthing in the league, but because Worthing couldn't go up um, for one reason or another, we got promoted into the conference. So we went into the conference, and um, it, was, it was quite difficult. We found it quite hard, and then probably just after Christmas, January, February time, Paul um, left the club. I think it was work-related. And I would have actually gone with him, but Brian Lee offered me the job, um, which I was also was quite surprised at that. Um, and I took it. But we were not in a very good position. And we got relegated that year, which um, was really was quite um, devastating for me because obviously the first job I'd had. Um, but Brian said, um, you know, we believe in you, so we want you to keep the job for next year. So I did, and we went straight back up again. That must have been especially pleasing, though, as well, to, to have done so well, to, to get promotion on, in the first first time of asking. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was absolutely fantastic. I mean, it, it really was. It was, um, I think, one of the one of the main reasons we, we, we got together a really, really good side. And the two key players, I think, that made us into a good team were two players I got from Enfield, uh, Noel Ashford and Keith Barrett, both England internationals. And, um, I mean, that really came from Brian Lee suggesting that I give uh, the manager of Enfield, somebody called Eddie McCluskey, a ring, because he had heard on the grapevine that he was in that lease of love. And I, I mean, these were two really good players, really, really top players. And um, I couldn't believe he was actually doing that. So something had gone on, which I didn't really delve into. Um, I met Keith and Noel, and they signed and transformed the team, to be honest, because, um, I mean, Noel was, a, was an exception. I, I think Noel Ashford and Larry Pritchard, I think they got voted in one of the one of the non-league magazines, the two best players of all time in non-league football. Um, and they really were special. And we got a few more players in, and... You know, we've got a very, very settled side, a well-balanced team, and we won the league quite easily. I think we, Yeovil were in the league as well. It was really us or them. I think we beat them by about 20 points in the end. Um, but it was a really, really special time, yeah. A great time. And are there any particular uh, games which especially stand out during your time in charge there? Oh, yeah. The, the, one, the one where we won the league. We won it down at Dogner. And um, it, was a, it was a fantastic match. Well, I mean, we... we one of our best, one of the other signs I made, which was probably one of the best signs I've ever made, was a fellow called Andy Graham, who was a front player. He played for Wildstone in the Yams um, Cup final, um, and he he was a great signing. But on on the night of the game, he was due to meet the coach was going to pick him up, and he never turned up. And uh, he was in McDonald's. He was having his pre-match meal in McDonald's, and um, his watch stopped. So he missed, he missed the bus and we went there without him. Um, but we won the match and that was just a, an unbelievable night. That was, that was probably the game I remember more than any. But, I mean, one of the games I do remember, which was a fantastic match, we played Leak Town. I think it was the, I can't remember, the FA Cup or the trophy. Um, and it was 5 all, And one of the best games of football you'll ever see in your life. Um, we beat them in the replay, but yeah, it was, it was a fantastic game. Because obviously, I guess these, this is sort of the early days of, of Mark West and, and, and Gary Lester, who you know sadly we lost recently as well. 
Yeah. Um, well, Westy was only... Westy was in and out of the team when I was manager because he was only about, mm, about 18, I think he was. And um, he was always going to be a good player. I think he, he left... He got let go by West Ham. Um, Paul Bent signed him. And he was in and out of the team when I was the manager. But we had a fellow called Declan Link who came from Staines. was an absolute out-and-out goal scorer. And he just kept scoring goal after goal after goal. So Westy was Westy was in and out of the team. Um, but yeah, but Gary Lester was there. He, he was. A, I mean, I was devastated to hear the news about Gary the other week because um, he was a smashing lad, a really really nice lad. And uh, yeah, he sadly passed away. There was another lad in a team called Kevin Durham who um, came from Oxford City, and he was an exceptional player. And he died very young as well. He died on, on a club tour when he was about 30, I think. Um, but he, he was a fantastic player in, in the team that, uh, that won the league. No, definitely, because it, it must feel, as the manager as well, that you know, such responsibility for the players, but also you know, t- such a tight-knit group as well to be working with. Well, yeah, I, mean, I think that, that, that really is one of the keys to success because you've had lots of the players but, but bonding them and being part of that group um, is absolutely critical. And, and that group of players that we had there was a very, very tight-knit group. Yeah, you're right. It, was just, it doesn't make a difference. I mean, they talk about team spirit, but it really, it really does make a huge difference. And people obviously talk about the, the challenges of management and the pressures of management, which, which are obviously very, very different in even you know, such a comparatively short time ago. Oh, yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I think a lot depends on, you know, on league football anyway. I mean, a lot of people do it because... You know, you, you play all your life, and then when you finish playing, it's almost like you almost go into it because it's you get used to doing it all the time, so you, you, you want to carry on doing it. But I think you need to take it seriously enough, otherwise you can just flounder and go from club to club to club. And I really didn't want to do that. I mean, I, I think you, you've got to take it really seriously, and, you know, and then you get the rewards for it. So how would you describe overall your, your time uh, in charge at Wickham? Oh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I mean... I think one of, the, one of the, the first part obviously wasn't very good because we were going to go down anyway, but actually being in charge when you do get relegated is not the nicest thing in the world. So the first part was quite traumatic, but the, the second part, winning the league, was just... I mean, we just won. So I think we had 101 points, and I think we scored 103 goals. And um, it, was, it was fantastic. It really was one of the... I mean, not you know, forgetting playing, but... In management, um, that's one of the best things I ever had. It's strange, isn't it? Because you, you hear fans saying, "Oh, what a great achievement it is to get promoted to the football league," but there's something a bit special about being a non-league club as well. Oh yeah, I mean that, that is, and what they've done since is fantastic. And um, but to be honest with you, I, I think they're always destined to do that anyway, because of the size of the club they they were and still are. Um, they're always going to be up there, and they just needed that extra bit of, um, I know Martin O'Neill was in charge when they did go up, but that extra bit of knowledge and that extra bit of um, good management and finances, and with them were destined to do that. And I think you know, now they're there, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're, they're flitting between, you know, Division 1 and the Championship, and which is great. You know, if you had said that 30 years ago, I don't think anyone would have believed you. Um, but the fact they're there, and, and, you know, they're not, struggling at all and the same thing has happened to Sutton United you know they've gone up 
And they were able to chance to going up this year as well. No, definitely. So tell us a bit about what you've been doing since your time in charge. I left Wickham and went on to Mount Staines and we won the league there as well, which was good. And then I went to Wheelstone, um, which wasn't the nicest time. I, I, the club just wasn't right at all. And I think what happened to the club um, kind of proves that point. They lost their ground and everything. And then I went on to Sutton United um, and I had five or six great years there. We beat Wickham in the... Um, in the trophy semi-final, first leg at Wickham, which was another great game. Uh, but then we lost the second leg when they got to Wembley and played Runcorn, I think, and won the trophy. Um, and then I uh, I left Wickham, uh, sorry, I left Sutton, and I thought, well, I'll have a year off now. And um, I got Arsenal season tickets. And uh, I thought, we'll have a year off and then go back to it in a year. But that one year became two years. And that two years became three years, and then you gradually lose contact. And then you get to the point where you say, well, hang on, how did I have the time to do that? Um, so I never went back into it. I mean, I'm still a fanatic football person, obviously, but um, I, wouldn't, I, I think also at the time, the, the attitude was changing as well, because you know, the players we had at Wickham and at Sun were fantastic, because to me, that's all that matters, the attitude of players. The attitude was absolutely brilliant. But you then started to get players, because money started coming to non-league football, quite a lot of money. And players were playing for the money. And that kind of destroyed it for me. And um, I know one of the key things that made me think, I don't want to do that. I was talking to a player one day, and he said, I'll speak to my agent. And I was absolutely flabbergasted. I can't believe he said it. This was an average non-league player telling me to speak to his agent. And I thought, no, I don't do this anymore. Uh, so I haven't played since, so in 1996, I think that was. So I now go and watch Arsenal all the time, retired, play a bit of golf. And that's it, really. And there's very few clubs could do this, but they have got an ex-players and managers association. And they all do all sorts of things, like quizzes and golf days, but they have a dinner every year. And it is really, really good to go back and um, and see all the people um, that you used to know, used to play with, used to manage. Um, and it's, just, it's a really, really good thing to do. And... and um, yeah, there's one or two, obviously, because we're getting older, um, every year there's two or three people that have passed on. But it's, it's a great thing, and they make you feel really, really... I mean, you do feel very, very... I feel very, very proud of the fact that I did manage Wickham. Very proud of it. And um, it's something nobody can ever take away. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's great. It, it, it is a great club, and I have every respect for it. And, and the people that run it, as well, you know, they do a great job. So, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget the time I had there. 
Really great to chat to uh, Alan Gain, of course, a former player and manager, uh, with big thanks to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association as well. Yes, indeed, and sad news uh, from the Ex-Players Association today, um, because Wickham fan Richard Bignall has passed away aged just 44. His dad, John, was a founding member of the Ex-Players Association. Richard attended his first Wickham game in 1984, um, and the club very much became his passion. He was a season ticket holder. He attended almost every event that the Ex-Players Association put on. Um, Our thoughts are with him uh, and his family and friends. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Final part of the Wickham Wanderer show. What already? Uh, Still to come, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth and we'll be hearing from the club's new head of audio and broadcast in a moment. We should mention the Wickham Wanderers women uh, who went down to a 5-1 defeat to Eastleigh in the community. Yes, that really is a team. Um, They remain sixth in at the table. Uh, They're next in action at the Blackwell Heath campus uh, of the uh, Bucks College group. Um, They'll be playing Abingdon United on Sunday. Oh, we wish them all the best for that, obviously. Uh, as mentioned, uh, Wickham Wanderers only so far, I think, signing in the January transfer window. There haven't been any others, have there? I don't think there's been any others, no. Has uh, been an off-the-pitch acquisition. I think uh, he'd be very good, actually, uh, playing, though. You know, do you, you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't, wanna, you wouldn't argue with him, would you? you know. what, what sort of position do you think? I would think sort of like he'd be the midfield dynamo. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we're talking, of course, about Phil Catchpole, uh, someone who's very known to fans for, for well, uh, many different things. Perhaps it's the commentary, uh, perhaps it's... No, it's probably the commentary, isn't it? Uh, mainly, yes. Yeah, I liked what he said when we when I interviewed him a few weeks ago, uh, where where he said that actually, you know, the, he he just comes out with these words, whereas actually to to fans they mean so so much. Here are his thoughts. Yeah, it's been a, an amazing journey from going to Adams Park, uh, well, sorry, Lokes Park in 1987 as a, as a boy for the first time, first ever football match, to then following them to Adams Park and season tickets on the terrace and the Martin O'Neill era, etc., etc., and then making the leap into the press box sort of by accident and then learning how to be a journalist and a, and a commentator and then working for the BBC. So, yeah, it feels like I'm coming home fully, um, which is great. Um, it's obviously a place I know well. And and there's some great potential, not just at Wickham Wanderers, but just in, in football in general, in terms of what we can do now. Um, super excited to be working for Matt and the Higgs and, and big thanks to them for, for their faith in me, really. So what does your role involve? Well, like, it's been labelled up as head of audio and broadcast, so uh, Ringing the Blues podcast will come into the club now as an, uh, as an official club podcast, um, although it will remain the same in spirit. Um, Rob Kuhig, the chairman, is very keen that I continue to be able to question things that go on at the club with, with the powers that be, including him as well, and, and continue to be that line of communication for the fans. Um, but we're also going to be ramping up so much more sort of visual content as well, video content during the week. Um, I'll continue to be the match day commentator, which obviously is a massive passion of mine. I love doing it um, as well. So home and away, be commentaries on those uh, and uh, for people to be able to watch the games on the Wiccan platform as well. We're still bound by the EFL licensing in this country, so 3pm kickoffs on a Saturday uh, in this country can't be viewed. But um, the other games will be, and if you're overseas, then, then that will continue. But it'll be done on the Wiccan platform. It sounds like a very exciting development, especially with technology playing a huge part as well. Yeah, I'm still staggered, Colin, you know, to this day when we're doing match day commentaries and you're getting pictures sent through on Twitter and etc. of people 
all over the place, you know, New Zealand, all the way across America, uh, Latin America, South America, people tuning in, watching games, listening to me, the other side of the world, talking about a football match that's taking place in the in the cold and the mist, while someone sat around with a, with a nice drink around the side of a pool or, or doing something. I, I've never really got my head around that, but it just goes to show the potential. And it's taken someone like Rob Kuhig, you know, from New Orleans to recognise what he calls the worldwide Wiccan phenomenon. I mean, a lot of people laughed when he turned up and first started talking about that, but it, it's starting to happen. And it's great to be able to get involved in that and, and bring a bit of energy and, and a bit of my past experience in that into hopefully growing these Wiccan fans all over the world. And a really nice compliment to you as well as to how you can convey that the spirit of the club and also what's going on on the pitch as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, blown away when Rob asked me about coming in um, as well. And and obviously, as you know, that I've got a link back to the club and, you know, I can get misty-eyed and talk about the Martin O'Neill glory days until the cows come home and we'll probably do so uh, many times. But yeah, I mean, I, I've got to know a lot of the fans over the years and, you know, Rob said uh, last week, he said it's like cheers. He said it's the club where everybody knows your name and, you know, I've had, I had a really tough year and my mum passed away and the love and support I got from the fans of the club, people I didn't even know who came up to me as if they knew me because they'd listened to me in the commentary and that was a huge support for me and we see that around the club now when people go through tough times or, or good times, you know, we, we go through all those things together as, as, a, as a club and as a family and, you know, I've really felt that this year and it's really underlined it and, you know, we want to take that forwards with everybody. And really nice as well, obviously, how the other players and management staff already know you. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it, it, I'm saying like an old pair of slippers, maybe, but you know, it's lovely. Like I spoke to Gareth this morning and I asked him a question about the pre-match, and the first thing he said was, "Welcome to the club, Phil. It's great to have you on board." And it's little bits like that. And you know, Gareth is, is the guy at the top. He sets the tone, and you know, to be out a player for Wickham Wanderers, you've got to buy into that ethos. And I'm pleased to say that the office at Wickham Wanderers is, is very much the same as well. It's a team ethic. Everyone's pulling in the same direction, and you know, great to be a part of. Looking forward to seeing the developments there earlier on today. Day, uh, caught up with Gareth Ainsworth as well, talking about the fact that, uh, amongst other things, not having a game uh, for midweek must have really helped their preparations for Saturday. It's always nice to get that week in, although, you know, it's always uh, balancing with this time of the season. You know, it's been a heavy schedule over Christmas, so uh, a couple of days, of, uh, a couple of boys have had days of work in the gym and their rehab and prehabs that they do, you know, and really it's the same as a normal week, kind of. And Monday and Tuesday, we, we genuinely work on, you know, our generic stuff of what we do. And then Thursday, Friday, we always start to focus and ramp it up for the opposition. So, yeah, we worked on some of our principles early in the week, which has been really good. And, and just one or two things I thought we could have done a slightly better against Oxford at the weekend. But, no, we, we're really pleased with where we are. And uh, like I say, it's, uh, it's nice to be able to just have that week between games at the moment because... Uh, I'm sure there's going to be uh, there's going to be a few midweeks coming up, and uh, we know Cambridge, especially, you know, both games have been had to be moved. So yeah, when that comes, we want to be ready. We want to make sure the boys know the principles, and uh, and by this time, they they really do, you know. And how have things been in terms of illness and injuries? Obviously, it was unfortunate to lose uh, Sam just before the Oxford game. Yeah, Sam would have obviously suspected COVID, and uh, and that was that was tough to take. So uh, we had to we had to reshuffle on the Friday, which was. Uh, which was good. At least they gave me a day, you know. But um, you know, I thought the way the boys adapted to what I wanted to do was uh, was fantastic, and you know, they really took it on well. And it was uh, it was great to see them, you know, coming up with the goods on Saturday. I thought they were they were excellent, you know. I really do. You know, it was uh, obviously a bit on that game with uh, 
with the locality of it and, and you know both teams at the top end of the table as well so it was a fantastic performance I thought and after the first 20 minutes which I have to give Oxford credit they really put it on us and, and, and it was tit for tat I thought after that we looked quite comfortable and uh, and defended our box really really well you know I know uh, you know the shot count was probably slightly high for Oxford but if if you watch the game again, a lot of those were hopeful from outside the box, you know, which, you, you know, you'll take any day. Whereas, uh, you know, we're trying to work the ball into the box and get things uh, get things going there. Ironically, we scored two goals from distance as well. But um, I thought the chances were, were very much in our favour, the, the clear-cut ones. And, uh, and if we can keep doing that, we're going to have a chance this year of uh, finishing in the top six, which is the target. It felt like such a special game as well, obviously with uh, you dedicating the, the, the win to Alana, but obviously with such a big crowd as well. And, and as you say, the, the local derbiness of it, it felt just such, such a great sort of afternoon out, really. Yeah, and uh, and that was important, you know. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of added pressure, you know, because obviously I met her family before the game. And, and uh, having said that, you know, putting things in perspective, it's only a football game, you know. But it was nice to be able to dedicate a win to uh, Alana and uh, the friends in the terrace. They were fantastic. They really packed it out. And they did her proud with their singing and uh, their volume. And uh, and I'm sure she was there giving her giving her own opinions. But um, it was a uh, it was a nice nice way to finish that Saturday. You know, um, you know tomorrow actually on Friday this week. And uh, and I, I want to be at that. You know, she's she's definitely been a part of our story. And. Uh, and like I say, it won't be forgotten. We don't forget our, our family, and she definitely played that part in, in the Wickham family and the Wickham story. So, uh, like I say, brilliant to uh, to be able to dedicate that win to her. Now, uh, can the boys keep going and keep striving and keep pushing because we've got something special here going, and, uh, and I'm really, really proud of, of where we are, not just this season, but, you know, the, the whole 10 seasons that we've had together. It's been fantastic. And so fitting to be top of the table. I know that's something that you know fans think more of than than probably yourself and, and your staff and your players. But but nice to be there for a week and, and to be sort of leading and to be unbeaten as well in in 2022. Yeah, and and you know I, I'm not going to make the mistake of saying things in public. There's too many managers do that and uh, and get it put you know fall flat on their face, uh, pride before a fall, and all that sort of stuff. But um, I know what I've got. I'm really really happy with what I've got. Um, continue to work hard and try and improve because uh, it's an ever-changing game this and it's an ever-changing situation and in top uh, is brilliant but it's only January um, and uh, I'd like to be top in, in May if possible uh, well, April at the end of April but uh, you know sometimes you, uh, you don't just get what you want you've got to work really hard for it and uh, we'll be giving everything we can to make sure we stay in these uh, in these top positions in this in this league which is a fantastic league this year and uh, Looking forward to uh, to seeing where we end up. And something else which really must please you and stands out in the, in the games that you have played this month is there's only one where you conceded any goals. Yeah, and, and again, and what a fantastic game that was. But uh, we 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 do pride ourselves on being solid. You know, I'm I'm, I'm probably known as a as a footballer. I was an attacker. I was I was getting at people, and my defending was you know it was there. I always I always did the graph, but I was always known for for making things happen and and. It's the opposite, really. It's, uh, I love, I love coaching the lockout. I love coaching defensive, defensive stuff. I think maybe it's sort of a flip on me as a player. I don't know, or, or knew what I used to like as a player, getting past people, and what it, what helped me. And, and I try and coach that into the boys, into the defenders, saying, "Well, 
you know, I, I loved this and I, I loved it when defenders did this and this is when I got my chances and probably, to, you know, do the uh, opposite with them and, and tell them how to stop these wingers and how to stop these forwards. And uh, so I really do enjoy it. Um, but some of the attacking play we've got, you know, sometimes attacking is really hard to coach. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a brilliant thing sometimes with Mamete and McCleary and Hanlon at the moment. You know, you can't coach those sort of players. You know, you can't, I can't coach these triple step-overs that Gareth does every now and again. And it's, uh, it's, it's just getting them the ball and, and giving them confidence and giving them the belief that they can go and do things. So the shutout and the lockout for me is really really impressive and only conceding in one game so far in 2022. Although it was three goals, we, uh, we're, we're very proud of that as well. And we've spoken before about the, the big games at home which you've had and have got coming up, but obviously it doesn't take away from you know the trip to Morecambe, which you know they may be struggling at the wrong end of the table, but we've seen in, in many games that, that teams lower down can really you know take scalps higher up too. Wow, believe me, Morecambe will never be taken lightly in my, in my opinion or Wickham's opinion because they have chucked so many spanners in our in our works in the last few years you know um promotion parties and and relegation battles and and good runs and they they always come and give Wickham a good game or, or up there at the globe always always it's a tough game against Morecambe so nobody be fooled about um Morecambe's uh, a team that we should beat because they almost got something off Wigan midweek and I, and I consider Wigan to be right up there so Cole Stockton obviously at front they've got a real powerful striker there and, and they've got some, some real discipline in the way they defend and the way they, they try and lock teams out so we've got um, our work cut out they believe me we really need to be on our, our ball and uh, you know, I'm, ne- I'm never a manager who looks at the last game and thinks, right, just continue, just keep doing that. It's the next game. What will it take to beat Morecambe? And that's what I'll be picking my team on. That's what we'll be training on the next couple of days. And uh, hopefully we can get a, you know, a result up at the goal. It'll be, be a fantastic result, that, for me. And uh, I said, no way am I looking at Morecambe thinking this is, this is an easy game. And just finally, overall, do you feel that, that the team is coping really well in terms of, you know, with COVID and w- with injuries as well? And, and you must be so pleased how well your medical staff are sort of looking after everybody too. I know, yeah, I know what I've got with my medical team. You know, they're absolutely fantastic. I would not have had any of the success I've had without my medical staff. You know, Kay and Ali and Isaac are just brilliant. As long uh, uh, as, lo- as well as Ben Sayers who who has been in addition, who's been fantastic, you know, with his GPS loading programs and people not getting injured in training. We touch wood and actually I'm touching wood now. We we have not we've not lost anyone for a loading injury in training, which I'm sure many clubs have, you know, it's always impact, it's always it's always whacks in the games, you know, we we're really we're really lucky, but I think if you put the right people in place and you, you work your socks off, you, you, you make your own look. And uh, So those four definitely I've just mentioned there, as, as well as Dave White's head of sports science, you know, they're really keeping the boys in a, in a, in a tip-top fitness condition. And so any manager who, who, who doesn't appreciate what his medical staff do is, uh, is overlooking a huge department because without your players being fit, you're, uh, you're, you're going to struggle, really, really struggle. And, uh, and you look at teams who, who've complained about injuries and, and we've done it in the past so many but we've got it we've got it going really well here and uh, I'm, I'm really confident in, uh, in putting out a fit good 
physically ready at 11 every single Saturday, and, that, and that's testament to those guys. Gareth Ainsworth speaking to us here at Wickham Sound. I must say a big thank you to Jane, who's got in touch as well. We should add Peter Sutterby uh, yes. to our list, of course, a former guest yes. on the show who's we played known, for sorry. and managed the side. I uh, must say a very big hello as well to Chaz Harps, uh, who's commented on the gas room about how much he enjoyed our chat with Keith. Or is uh, this at the end of the show, maybe? Uh, uh, goodbye! <laughs> Uh, and also to the Wicked Wanderers Sport and Education Trust as well, who are big, big fans of the show goodbye. too. <laughs> Formerly a big hello, currently a big goodbye. I hope you enjoyed the show. Back at the same time next week. Thank you very much. Goodbye.